Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. On today's show, we're going to do a bit of a debate. A few months back, we had uh, the independents who were running for mayor, and we did a debate with them. Today, we have Janet Wittenbreaker, better known as JL. Yes. What does the JL stand for? Janet Lynn. Okay. And we have our timer is Bill Phillips, recently retired from the Pima County Sheriff's Department. Good morning. Good morning. Say time. Say time. Time. Okay. That was a rehearsal. Okay. The way we're going to do this is we'll have a two-minute opening statement. When I start asking questions, you'll have one minute to answer the question up to the yes and no section, and then you'll have three minutes for a closing statement. Sound good? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Your two minutes start now. Well, good morning to your audience. My name is Janet Wittenbreaker, as Sherry said. I'm a 37-year professional. I'm a contract administrator for a Fortune 500 company. I am a graduate of Sander Day O'Connor College of Law, and I'm running for mayor of Tucson. The reason I decided to run for mayor of Tucson is I'm tired of what's happening to my city. And that's one of my greatest qualifications is I care about this city, and I care about the people in this city all people in this city, in this community. And for this reason, I've decided it's time to change out our leadership and get a leader that's going to back law enforcement and worry about the community members and not special interests. And that's all I have to say on that matter. Okay. I'm going to start asking questions. You'll have one minute for each answer. What has the current mayor done that you agree with? crickets crickets nothing (laughs) nothing that i can think of even those things that placate to her base such as the million year tree plan have failed she's rough she's planted about eight percent trees and we still have a huge disparity in our low-income neighborhoods A, a tree deficit where they're actually suffering from the heat that uh, she proclaims is such an issue for us. How are you going to control the water issue for the Tucson area? Tucson Water has actually done an excellent job in conserving water, um, harvesting water, and uh, keeping water storage. But um, that doesn't mean that we're okay to return water to the Colorado. As a matter of fact, I would say quite the opposite. We live in a desert. We live in a growing community. And honestly, if I believe that water would go back to the Colorado, perhaps we can have a conversation about it. But I don't believe that for a moment. It's just going to be parceled out to someone else. We cannot afford to give our water away. We need to continue to harvest it. And we need to continue to keep that the water levels where they're at. Okay. Has anyone asked you not to run? Yes. Who? Uh, uh, the independent candidates uh, both came to me. One just pointed out the obvious. The other flat out asked me, instructed me, like I was a six-year-old child, to drop out. I'm not in this to make friends. I'm in this to save Tucson. Is forcing a candidate to drop out of a race or creating a situation so they can't run how you would want to win an election? No, this is America. 
we have free and open elections, and the voters decide who they want to run this city. Are you running to get a Republican in office or for the betterment of the community? I'm running for the betterment of the community. I'm a Republican, sure. Um, I've also left the Republican Party in the past. But I believe in the values. My values best associate with the Republican Party. I believe in the government's responsibility and obligation for protecting the rights of their citizens. And that is why I'm running for office, not because of a particular party. If there's a critical incident, is it appropriate for a mayor or any member of the city council to voice an opinion before an investigation is concluded? Absolutely not. I was walking towards a recently resurfaced road when about 100 feet away I could feel the heat just radiating from the materials they used. Considering global warming, should the materials used be a consideration when repairing and creating streets? Absolutely. I think you're referring to cool surface, which is uh, marketed as a way of cooling the temperature through reflection. But in reality, what it does is it creates a higher heat index around the surrounding areas. You, you know, if I could just briefly, and I'm watching the, the, the time watch, as best don't, I don't can. Watch it. We jump. Don't do that. We jump to solutions without considering the consequences, all in the name of climate change. We need to really think through our solutions. Yes, that's. I agree with that. I've heard repeatedly that our current mayor does not support law enforcement, affecting the community's attitude towards them. How are you going to change this unwarranted attitude towards these brave men and women? Well, one, myself, and we have three other candidates running under the Republican ticket for Ward 1, Ward 2, and Ward 4. Uh, together, we are united in our support for our law enforcement officers. And those law enforcement officers need to be heard, not just the commanders, but the boots on the ground, and offer their solutions to creating a better community and community policing and traditional law enforcement. If a member of city council assaults a member of law enforcement, how would you handle it? Well, it's it's actually the police department would need to conduct an investigation. If they found that there was illegal action taken, then the police department needs to take legal action. I would certainly denounce it if after an investigation it was determined that was the case. It works both ways. Yes. The investigation must take place first. Uh, it is up to the voters, and the voters need to hold their elected officials accountable, not just on Election Day, but always. If you decide you don't support law enforcement and actually need protection, are you going to call TPD for a special detail at the taxpayer's expense, or are you going to hire an outside security company and pay for it yourself? Um, well, at a mere $42,000 a year, I'm not sure I can afford a private detail. <laughs> um, the 
each situation would have to be evaluated, right? As an elected official, if there's evidence that you're in physical danger, then it is incumbent on the police department, your community, to protect you. Because if you're dead, you cannot be an effective elected official. Yeah, that would put an end to it. What is your opinion of the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action? The decision was made. Racist, racism, prejudice goes both ways, and it must stop. You know, there was a time when I was a kid that there were real racial divides, and I'll tell you, it existed in my own family. I grew up in a racist family, not that I'm proud of, but there was, we were doing something right because I didn't grow up that way. I, I became, I love people openly and all of a sudden we're creating this race, racial divide and I don't understand it, why we're trying to divide one another when we come so far. Applying that decision to HR, should qualifications be the only factor considered when hiring personnel? Absolutely. Tucson has a huge drug-addicted career criminal homeless issue. Some people feel these people should go to jail or go to rehab. What say you? I say exactly that. It's time to enforce our laws. If people are selling drugs, smuggling drugs, using drugs in public, they need to be persecuted. And prosecuted, excuse me, <laughs> Freudian slip there. And um, But also, if we're able to offer assistance through qualified programs, qualified charitable organizations, not with city taxpayer dollars, facilitate care, then we should do so when we can. But if not, yes, sometimes you can, in fact, arrest your way out of a problem. And we're at risk of losing our city to open lawlessness. These homeless have not been held accountable for their criminal activities resulting in hundreds of thousands of tax and trade dollars just walking out of Tucson, actually forcing some stores to close. What are your plans to help our retailers? Enforcing our laws is my plan to help our retailers. Um, Certainly, we need more law enforcement officers. But the, when we tie the hands of our officers, prohibiting them from enforcing the laws, then that creates an, a residual inflation that not only affects our business owners, it also affects our patrons of those business owners. And so our law enforcement need to be allowed to enforce the laws. How do you get the judges to actually do their part? Because it seems like a lot of judges are just, you know, oh, you poor thing, you can't afford bail, see you around. The city judges uh, and the magistrate and the city attorney report to the mayor and council. With a strong mayor and council, a law enforced uh, philosophy, a law enforcement philosophy, um, those city judges will be held accountable to enforce our laws. The county is a different story. The city has no jurisdiction over the county. And you know that, Sherry. And I'm sure your audience knows that. The voters need to take care of that. But the city can take direct action with their judges and their city attorney. 
The last several years, only a portion of Tucson feel like they are represented by the current mayor. How would you represent all of Tucson? I'll be a voice for Tucson, but I also want to hear from Tucsonians. You know, I used to work in the city manager's office uh, for a brief while, about three years approximately, give or take. And that's where I saw how the sausage was made. And I also realized that none of the elected officials sit down with their constituency. None is a strong word. I know they have meetings, organized meetings in the council offices. The mayor and the city manager, during my time frame, never sat down with a constituent to hear their concerns. I plan on having open meetings to fully hear our constituents' concerns. China, Russia, and North Korea are threatening our security. How are you going to prepare Tucson for the possibility of war? That's um, that's an interesting question, Sherry. Uh, we're we're very fortunate in that we're we have an active military presence in Tucson, but that's really beyond the city's jurisdiction. Um, the city needs to take action in emergency preparedness and work with the administration to ensure that we're adequately protected. But I can't instruct citizens to go to war. But I imagine there are many Tucsonians who would not back down to China, North Korea. Or Russia. Or Russia. If you win, what is your first priority? Fighting crime. That's it? Okay. That's good. That's good. All right. The following are yes and no. Okay. Okay. Should panhandling be illegal? In areas where it places people in danger, yes. Such as next and the median. This is yes or no. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So sorry. Sorry, audience. (laughs) Come on, Janet. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Should Tucson be a sanctuary city? No. Have you received donations from any foreign entities? No. Should giving money to a panhandler be illegal? No. Was the 2016 election tampered with? No. Should student loans be forgiven? No. Do you have friends in Russia? No. If you lose, are you going to claim election fraud? No. Should politicians who break the law get special treatment? No. As a political candidate, should lying to or conning the voters into voting for you be a felony? Yes. Do you support bail reform? No. During elections, should advertising falsehoods about your opponent be illegal? No. Have you ever held public office? No. Should campaign funds be used to defend a candidate's criminal activities? No. Should there be an ordinance stating no camping allowed within Tucson city limits? Yes. Should anyone committing treason be pardoned? No. Tucson's drug-addicted career criminal retail thieves are taking advantage of the free bus transportation, allowing them to leave the scene of a crime quickly. Are free bus rides a good expenditure of the taxpayer's money? No. Should the power of any political office be used for revenge? No. 
Voting party lines is how some unqualified people got into office. Is voting party lines rather than the person a good idea or the right thing to do? No. Your three-minute closing statement starts now. Thank you. Well, uh, first of all, I'll begin with backtracking just a bit with your question about whether or not uh, what my priorities will be. Tucson has a, a, a budget, a general fund budget of approximately $2 billion. That may seem like a lot of money, but it's not. So you do have to make priorities. And I do have three top priorities, crime, roads, and cracking down on fentanyl. Now, you might say fentanyl, that lumps right in there with crime. Well, sure it does. But it's the homelessness that we are seeing today is a symptom of this drug abuse and the constant influx of fentanyl in our system, in our, excuse me, in our city. And those three things must be made a priority. That's not to say that other city functions are not important. Um, However, with a limited budget, you must first deal with the immediate issues. And once we can deal with crime and fixing our roads and making good road decisions, not just one that um, seems nice on paper, such as the cool surfacing, Uh, repairing, completely rebuilding one road at a time and and doing so after we do these things after we accomplish these goals we can start attracting businesses to tucson and by attracting businesses to tucson we help build a better community and we bring people out of poverty our poverty population is huge in tucson one-third of our population lives in poverty the only way to fix that situation is help people get back to work And in getting back to work, we can build a healthier, stronger community. And that includes those persons who are living on the street that are unfortunately addicted to drugs. Work adds incredible value to a person's life. It makes us stronger people and it makes us, gives us a sense of achievement. But we can't create that environment when our city looks like a war zone. The crime is out of control. Now, before we started this show, I was telling um, Sherry a story. How I have been accosted in my own park down the street. And it's it's been allowed to happen. The camping has been allowed to happen. And it must stop. This is not compassion. There is a fine line between compassion and enabling. And sometimes taking people out of the situation whether it be through a qualified care program or jail, helps them. It is compassion. And that is the, pro- the crux of why I am running for office. See, Bill's still here. <laughs> he said time. Well, well thank goodness, because it was at a stopping point. So good. <laughs> okay. We were talking about how many ballots were sent out and how many we've been returned so far. Do we have those numbers or are we guessing? Are we uh, guessing? We're guessing. Okay. If you still have a ballot, it's too late to mail it in because this is a mail-in election. You have to take it to wherever they collect the ballots. Yes. If you go on my website, uh, Janet 
the number four mayor.com, you'll see I have a panel dedicated just to the primary election. And in that panel is a PDF, and that will tell you all of the locations that you could go to to drop off your ballot. Now, some of those locations are open only on August 1st, but others, uh, such as the clerk's office, you could drop it off Monday morning, if you like, during normal business hours. And then they'll start counting ballots on Tuesday? Uh, Yes, ma'am. Okay. And this is the primary, so... You know, they want you to. They want to hear from you. They want to know who you want to be in this election. The Democrats have a write-in. Francis, I think it's Seda. It's S as in Sam A I T T A. A write-in person. There's a Libertarian on the ticket, Arthur Kirchin, and then I believe Zach answer who is an amazing person and does wonderful things for our city. We're lucky to have him was taken off the ballot and then Ed is on as an independent. So But the the independents don't get a primary ballot. No, they don't. So you just have to get your ballot back. Make sure because we want every voice heard from. I want to thank you. Thank you. For going through this. This wasn't easy. No it wasn't. You (laughs) threw some singers in there. Well like what? What was the stinger? Uh, about about war. Okay. My my idea is we're in a military town. Mm-hmm. We have the Air National Guard. We've got, we're surrounded by these people. It would be good to say, hey, what can we do to help make your job easier if this is going to happen? There are things that we can do to help them. So I think that's a good idea for preparing people in case there is a war. And and I do... Uh, There's a lot of saber rattling going on. Yeah, and see, that's, that goes back to the point about listening to your constituents. Mm-hmm. People have ideas. Simply because you're elected doesn't mean you're the knower of all. Have you ever met our mayor? Uh, no, I have not. Neither have I. So anyway, it's good to be able to say, hey, I'm available if you need to talk to me. Or actually, when you RSVP to go someplace actually show up there's a concept okay we're going to take a quick break we'll be back in a few live show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies, including any rule changes in both the tax and mortgage industries. I host the show as a volunteer. My real job is working for a mortgage broker with over 20 resources in residential, commercial, jumbo, as well as a reverse company whose new rule is offering tax-free money to those 55 and older, qualifying for up to $4 million. If you want to learn more, call me after the show at 520-310-9900. This is Deputy Chuke with Pima County Search and Rescue, reminding you that infants and toddlers do not experience heat as adults do. Consider this when bringing your young ones on a hike in temperatures of over 80 degrees. You do not want to risk that child having heat stroke or being arrested for child endangerment. If you're thinking of a trek through nature, plan ahead, look ahead, and use your head. Your future depends on it. Save your phone's battery life so when you get lost, we may contact you. Wearing bright colors that can be seen from a distance helps the effort. 
To report suspected human trafficking, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center at 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. To learn more about Homeland Security investigations and our efforts to combat human trafficking, please visit our website at www.ice.gov or check out the DHS Blue Campaign at www.dhs.gov slash blue campaign. For more information on the Southern Arizona Anti-Trafficking Unified Response Network, please visit us at www.saturn.org or find us on Facebook. Law Matters Live Show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies, including any rule changes in both the tax and mortgage industries. I host the show as a volunteer. My real job is working for a mortgage broker with over 20 resources in residential, commercial, jumbo, as well as a reverse company whose new rule is offering tax-free money to those 55 and older, qualifying for up to $4 million. If you want to learn more, call me after the show at 520-310-9900. Law Matters Live Show works hard at keeping you informed on current issues from all law enforcement agencies. Thanks for staying with us. In the studio, we have Janet Wittenberger and Bill Phillips, and we want to clear something up. There was a little misunderstanding, so Janet, talk to us. Well, uh, when you asked me the question about if someone told me to get out of the election. I was purposely vague. And my intention for being vague is because I always want to be respectful and kind of other people's feelings. But in trying to do that, I may have given off a wrong impression. I want to say, for the record, Zach Yenser did not instruct me to get out of the race. He merely informed me of the consequences of having such a large pool of candidates against this radical mayor that we have now. Zach is a wonderful human being, and I've appreciated all of the advice he has given me now that I am the uh, Republican candidate for mayor. So I did want to provide that clarification, and I apologize for being so vague, Um, but thank you. Anything else? That's it. Do you want me to say it? No. Okay. Bill, let's talk. Yes, I'm ready. (laughs) <laughs> it may be a tough one. It, it's, I've been sitting in, yes. <laughs> so what is your history with um, law enforcement? I worked for the uh, Pima County Sheriff's Department for 31 years. Um, I retired just over a year ago as a lieutenant. Um, I was in charge of the Vail District prior to prior to retiring there. And um, I've got a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and I also worked uh, for a short time at the Pima County Jail way back in 1990. And I worked adult probations for a short period of time. So you just recently retired. Yes. So tell us about your vision for the Sheriff's Department should you decide to run. Well, the reason I am running, I'm going... <laughs> oh, are it, you running? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. So the, the reason <laughs> I am running is um, I just, I want, I don't like the direction of law enforcement that we're seeing. And it's not just the sheriff's departments in general throughout the country. Um, I think we have to have people that are going to support uh, the the police out there, the guys and gals on the street working. Um, and, you know, kind of take the blinders off because right now... Um, people, I think, in a lot of instances, are just trying to get through the day, and they're and they're looking looking for that retirement down the road and so forth because they're just not getting the support. It's it's a tough job, and um, 
and you've got to have somebody that's going to stand with them. And if they make a mistake, you know, you've got to be able to stand with them, short of anything that's unethical or illegal. But you've got to be able to hang in there with them and 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 work with them on the mistake, get through it, and then move along. Do you find the morale is? I know. Tucson Police Department went through a, a period of, gee, the guys weren't being respected, the morale was in the toilet, and, you know, it's just people were leaving by by the tens and hundreds. Do you think the morale is taking a beating? Um, in, in general, or are we talking in, for law enforcement in general? Sheriff. Um, you know, I, I haven't been there for a year, um, and so I don't have a lot of... Uh, experience exactly what's going on right now i do hear some things that morale is not very good at this point but there there's periods in law enforcement where where it goes up and down so um it's hard to answer that question exactly i do hear that it's not very good but i know i've seen and throughout my career in 31 years that you get it's kind of a roller coaster things are good or bad i do know that they are losing a lot of people and good people and the, and the experienced people that have that seven to 15 years on because they can go someplace else and make seven, eight dollars an hour more, or if not more. Now, money's not everything, but it does make a difference at some point. Especially if you've got a house full of kids. Yes, yes. And, um, and I think that has a lot to do with, the. the board of supervisors. I think that we need to have the board of supervisors make some decisions here on getting the Pima County Sheriff's Department employees up to par with some of these other agencies. Um, and, it, and one thing I do want to say about the Sheriff's Department is that historically we have always done the training throughout Southern Arizona. So when you look at these other agencies, we're the ones that, that, that kind of oversee the SWAT team. We see the oversee the negotiations team, the bombs, um, the, 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 Haida, the Haida Training Center, yeah. all those sorts of things. Yet, and 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 yet, we're paid less than Oro Valley, Sarita, um, even these agencies down in Cochise County. They used to compare back in the day as a comparison, and they would use Cochise County, but they're making more money. Pinal County is making more money, so. You know, and uh, I just don't understand quite what's going on there. But I think we need to really approach the board of supervisors and just and just and get out to the public. We need to make some changes here. We're going to lose good people, and it's it's you start causing a liability issue because if you're trying to save money, when you take those law enforcement officers that three or four years on, they've seen a lot of stuff, but they don't have the experience not to make those mistakes. They the people. It's seven, eight, then ten years. Do. smart, yeah. Yeah, and, and so you, and they're training these younger people. So, you know, liability is a lot of money. You make a mistake, it can cost a lot of money. So it just doesn't make any sense to lose the people that we are. Which is a, a thing to talk about when we're talking about uh, elections. We elect judges. Correct. They're, they'll be on that ballot that you're going to be on. Right. The county supervisors, you need to look at their record and see what they stand for. Before you start just, you know, oh, I know that name, click, click. You need to see what they're really doing. And what they did four years ago might be different from what they're doing now. So you need to keep on that because they represent you. And if they don't have the moral standards that you have or you want them to have, find somebody who does. Vote for somebody else. And there's some people on the county board of supervisors that probably could be replaced as well as judges. So what do you think, Janet? Yes, ma'am. As a matter of fact, I think you 
your audience will be pleased with the number of candidates that are stepping up to replace the board of supervisors. Now, um, with judges, I just asked that everyone remember to start early. You're going to have a full ballot in 2024. 2023, it's easy. You have me on there. And our, our three other candidates. <laughs> I'm 20, the only one that matters. <laughs> yeah, to, well, and our three other candidates. Uh, but uh, in 2024, uh, you're going to have a big ballot. So start early and really look into the judges. And it's hard to find the information. Yeah, it is. And typically, I shouldn't even say this, but typically I just, no, 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 unless I know them. And I know they're doing a great job. I just wrote no, no down the line. On the ballot. Yep. Yes, but keep in mind, if you say no and you vote out these judges, who appoints the next judge? So You have to be careful. That's why you have to do your research. I always tell people, don't go into the booth and start reading. Start your reading before you get into the booth. Yeah. And that's why I like uh, mail-in ballot, because I can take my time. I can do my research. I'm on my computer. I'm comparing notes. And... Yeah, the pros and cons, every, you have every, a chance to look at everything and everything. the opinions and so yeah, forth. Yeah, and you should talk to your friends and your neighbors. Right. And if you have a question, call the deputies. Call, you know, talk to them. Call the fire department. Talk to these people and find out what they're thinking. I remember one year I was going, this decades ago, I was going into to vote and the firefighters were standing there, and I said, who should I vote for? And they said, we can't tell you. I said, well, I don't work for them. You do. Who should I vote for? And, you know, it just makes sense because they know what's going on on the inside. You don't. So do your homework. And, oh, I'm okay. sorry. I was no, going to go say, and, and restoring um, the conversation, right? Have conversations with your neighbors about what issues they have or what opinions do they have even if you disagree it's okay it's time to start talking to one another again and if you disagree with somebody on something usually you can talk it out and come to a solution which is something that i think is missing in today's political environment you know just hash it out let's you know nobody's going to be totally jumping up and down happy but you can come to a solution so you know conversations so tell me more about what's going on with you and why you're running. And I want to hear about these animals you have. Well, no, I've got a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, we've, so I'm, I'm passionate about the animals. That, that That's a piece of my platform. But I think the first thing I want to look at doing is um, is we want to start a strong reserve program because there's never enough you know, police out there on the streets, um, and it's always about money. So one of the things that you can do to try to alleviate that sum out the gate is ask the people that are retiring if they'll stay on as a reservist. They've got all the training and so forth. Um, they can work as much as they want, but one thing I, I would just say, it give me one day, one at least one day a week in a, in a school parking lot. I'd like to put deputies in most of the school parking lots in the county. And I think um, I've got the rapport with enough of the personnel at the department. I think a lot of the people would stay around if I asked them. Um, and then you can recruit off the bottom in a, uh, as far as a reserve program. You can recruit through the jail, which is hard hiring people, and give them an opportunity to work at the jail and then go through a reserve program and be co- become commissioned over there to get more people out on the streets there. Um, the animal stuff, um, just people that know me, I'm a, I'm a huge animal guy. I just really care about the animals. And there's a lot of suffering out there. Um, the livestock, for instance, livestock doesn't do anything anymore to help with animal cruelty, and they're not required by statute. 
it's a responsibility of the geographic local law enforcement agency and people don't understand that so a lot of these large animals stand there suffering they're not being fed they're not being taken care of and and a deputy or police officer goes out there and checks on them, and um, they don't know what to do. How, how do you transport them? Where do you take them to? Livestock won't come out and help, so they simply tell the person, you better start feeding your animal or taking care of it, or I'm going to arrest you, and then it never gets followed up. But on the other aspect of the animal stuff, so people that aren't overly compassionate about the animals, you, you've got to... Um, you look at the uh, the problems that that exist with animal cruelty. The, you know, cri- crimes against women later on. The art, you know, arson and, and animal cruelty crimes are consistent with crimes against women down the road. You look at the domestic violence stuff, where a person won't leave a, a bad situation because they're they're threatening the dog or the cat and that sort of thing. So it's it's got a big you know revolving kind of door there. The other thing is when we talk about immigration, so. Um, as a sheriff in Pima County or any county, you can't just say that immigration is not our problem. It's not. It's a federal government's problem to deal with. It doesn't work like that um, because there's crimes being committed that impact all of us in the county. So one of the things that, that are important with animal cruelty, if you look specifically at some of these crimes like dog fighting, um, some of the rooster fighting, those sorts of things, and, and if you take a, a, a group of people – there are a lot of people that are here illegally involved in those kind of crimes because that stuff happens in Mexico a lot, and they come here and it happens. So if you look at the felony-type stuff and you use state charges to charge these people instead of just going federal charges, hand them back over to Border Patrol, then they're going to do some, some prison time here, and that starts getting the message out. So it, it's, a hu- it, it's a huge area to get a lot of good things done, the animal cruelty stuff. The other thing that's real important to do is we have to have proactive patrol in the outlying areas. You know, the the areas down along the border, the San Pedro River Valley, these areas get no patrol. Um, and, and, those, and people that live in those areas pay taxes. They deserve to have a presence down there. And, and presence is everything in law enforcement. If you're seeing a police officer in the area, it, it, it's going to alleviate problems. If you go into Reddington Pass, we, for years we've been trying to get people more active up there. You know, And, and, and when I was a sergeant out in the Rincon areas, we'd put people up there, and there wouldn't be any problems. But then if I'd leave people didn't pursue it like I did because I know a lot of the ranchers it was something that I tried to take care of and you, it just goes you know it just becomes a big mess but a little bit of presence shuts it down so he you know presence is huge in law enforcement so the outline areas the rural patrol stuff is going to be a uh, big deal too we're going to get people out there working those areas so go ahead oh sorry I was playing interviewer for a second how yeah. would the county work with the city to have that presence throughout our community well I think you know, I, from what I've seen in the in my 31 years there, is that in the the county works with a lot of the other agencies. And the city kind of the Tucson Police Department kind of does their own thing. And and I it seemed to me that it, it was always at the very top that the people didn't want to alleviate the powers. We we'd run an academy for a year or two, and then there'd be a problem. We'd separate. I think. I would like to see at some point that we start working together better. And, and, and you know, if, if you're going to have infrastructure, if you're going to, if you're going to build a new police station, why not do something where you could have part of it as a sheriff's department and city, you may, maybe build a building because we've got numerous substations that are in the city limits already, but they're separate. 
So there's a lot of things to do. But as far as working with that, I think there's a lot of intel. You can do some joint task force stuff with the city, you know, the animal cruelty. If you put an animal cruelty task force together like we used to have, they did have personnel from the city, city fire departments, veterinarians, all kinds of people involved in these. And all that stuff's went away. We had had a strong one. But, you know, to answer your question, we just have to work with them because – you know, there, there, there's no secret line that goes down the middle that says, you know, crime happens here in the city or, or it doesn't happen in the county type of deal. So we just... Do they have a sex trafficking task force? The Sheriff's Department? Yes. Um, they've got a um, crimes against children um, unit. How many people are on that unit, do you know? Well, when, when I left, I think there was a sergeant and probably four to five detectives. But I don't remember being an actual task force they there may have been a person or two assigned over with with a group that may have been kind of a task force there but so i i I don't know exactly what's going on with it right now are either of you concerned about artificial intelligence and the risk to our local and national security i well the one thing that i am concerned about is uh the fraud against the elderly where they get these phone calls and you know they're uh, uh you know the grandson or something stuck in the in jail and they're using this voice recognition stuff where they it sounds like somebody they know or they or they get a voice the, of the person asking for help and and that is something that's really important and i have thought about that and one of the things that i think we can do there is say in the green valley area because there's a lot of retired people down there is we have to have not only the citizens involved and the banks and everybody else and this reminder of these people, you put a magnet on the refrigerator that they re- every time they look at that, they remember if they, if they don't understand, they've got to make a phone call. But where you make a difference is you have to have the dispatchers that receive that first call, phone call recognize it because there's sometimes there's a little bit of a time frame in there before the response. And if that dispatcher just passes it along, if they get uncomfortable, they, they can be involved in this crime if they're waiting for somebody to show up. So if the dispatcher recognizes immediately, they can kind of become more involved and tell them just really have that conversation. Tell them, slow down. We're going to get somebody out there. Don't do anything until we have a chance to talk to you. So that that's a big concern that I see. I got a call yesterday from Yavapai County Jail from an inmate. He said, you know, wanted me to take the call. <laughs> like, I don't think so. Quick. Um, so my quick answer... Uh, yes, my um, my maybe a little uh, longer answer is: Am I the only one who saw Terminator? Seriously, I, I mean didn't. AI, AI is scary. It is scary, and it's also taken away our ability to think. Like, think about how many times you're sending a text message and it's already spelling it out for you, or you're sending an email. It's removing critical thinking. That's very frightening. And I think we need to have a national conversation about it. Yeah. We're going to have Hal on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about all this stuff. And he's the expert. So I'm I'm just curious about your response to the drug-addicted people. How do you plan on getting them off the street? We've got, right now, we have a lot of resources, free resources for these people, and they don't want to get involved with that because it requires them to not have drugs in their system and not bring drugs into the facility. Yeah, it's called housing with accountability, right? We're holding people accountable for their own recovery. Um, I I think it 
it's going to take a village. It is literally going to take a village to deal with the situation we have today. But it starts with stopping the panhandling, stopping the smuggling of drugs. And that speaks to Bill's point about being a presence and out in the rural areas. And um, it, it does involve jailing people and holding them accountable for their crimes. If we don't have, uh, if camping within the city limits is no longer, what do we do with these people? Well, they have a choice. They have a choice to go to jail and go to rehab. Find a place to live, but they won't be camping in our city boundaries. And um, I do not, to be very clear for your audience, I do not believe the Housing First program, which the city is currently invested in, which means housing without accountability, sometimes referred to as low barrier housing, they provide shelter with no expectation for rehabilitation, uh, mental health, job skills training. It is a highly unsuccessful program. And I will not support it as the next mayor of Tucson, period. Do you know how much money has been invested in that? I I heard it's like almost $300,000 per bed. Um, I'll tell you this much. The Housing Housing First program has been around for about 20 years, and it's a failed program. But we can continue to try it. I can tell you that the city just received $2.7 million for additional housing. it may not be city taxes. It's our taxes, and it needs to stop. Yeah, it is our taxes. Our taxes are paying for the free bus rides, too. Yes, ma'am. When did that start, and who started it? started with COVID, I believe. Okay. Um, and uh, it's a continued push of Lane Santa Cruz and Steve Kosachuk and Regina Romero. I don't know about the other candidates, but I can tell you those three continue to push for the fare-free um, transit. And it's not free. No, it's not free. We're paying for it. I don't understand how we can be offering everybody free bus rides when we can't pay our county deputies an equal salary to, okay, go ahead and speak. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, it's the, the, the city's, we're talking about the city there, but it, it, but crosses, still, it, crosses, it crosses over. over. I mean, it's tax money and so forth, and they've made that a priority. And I just, something based on that, I want to tell you, so, um, I live on the far east side of town, and um, it's been a week or two ago, my wife was out with the dogs, and I saw her doing something, and she hollered real quick, and there was a guy that had approached her that made her really uncomfortable. We're in a rural area, way out east, past Old old you know, old Spanish Trail, past Houghton Road. And this guy had obviously been up all night doing something, and um, he wants some water, but he was talking about needing a friend and so forth. So I went over to see what was going on. He was heading out toward the monument, and I told him, you know, it's gonna, you're going to have a problem out there. It's really hot. I gave him some water and got him going back in toward town. But he had probably jumped on a bus and come out there. So you're starting to see this stuff expand out in these other areas. And um, so I, I do think that that facilitation of these bus rides and so forth is starting to create more of a, an area that's not just concentrated. It would probably be easier to deal with is get them spread out through the areas. And everybody on these side in different areas are seeing them in the outlying areas. Jump on a bus. It's nice air conditioned. Go for a ride for most of the day, I guess, is what's going on with some of that. And not only that, they're saying that um, individuals, some of the riders, 
are using it as a getaway car. Yeah. They've timed the buses so well that they can shoplift from you know a Walgreens or a CVS, jump on the bus and get away before, before law police gets can there. arrive. And that's yes. that's something I don't understand why this administration isn't saying, okay, enough's enough. We're going to, you know, you have to pay to get on a bus. There are certain people, I understand, need a bus pass, maybe a free bus pass to get around, get their job. But when you're using it to just steal from this store to that store to that store. Or use drugs. And buy and sell drugs on on mm-hmm. the bus because you're moving target. They're not going to find you. That's ridiculous. And that's why 2023 is so important. Tucson, we need you to vote. Again, you have a Republican mayoral candidate, and that's me. You have Victoria Lem, Ward 1, Ernie Shack, Ward 2, Ross Kaplowich, Ward 4. These are individuals backing law enforcement and ready to take back Tucson. I don't I haven't heard of any of those people. Uh we're out there uh and and we're actively knocking on doors and uh and letting people know who we are. We are all new to the political realm, new to political comers. And if you call me a politician, I might actually just get angry at you. This are individuals <laughs> who want to save our community and restore harmony. You really aren't a politician because you've never held office. No, but I promise I won't be one after I hold office. Will you make yourself available? Yes, ma'am. Will you come on the show and talk to people so they know what you're you're doing? Yes, ma'am. And I will. And you I, have a citizens uh, committee, a youth advisory board too. I'll have to give that some thought because I don't understand the whole realm of what you're referring to. When Mayor Walkup was mayor, my son was on his youth advisory council. He was in fourth grade, I believe. And there was a bunch of youth that were picked from different schools who wanted to get together and talk to the mayor about their concerns about what was going on in Tucson. And once a month, they'd have a meeting and he'd sit there with them and listen to what they had to say. Sounds like a great idea. And did the same thing with adults. Hey, here's our, you know... Let's talk. What's going on in your area? Yeah. And they don't do that anymore. If they do, I haven't heard about it. I haven't seen any any results from something like that either. Will you have a citizen's uh, advisory board? There is a uh, advisory board that they do have, and they've got a, a group of people that sit on that board. The only thing that I might do different, and, uh, and some of this stuff looks into some internal affairs complaints and so forth, I'd like to rotate it through instead of having the same people sit on it all the time. You know, it's almost like uh, having a uh, a jury there. You know, you want to rotate people through. They have a different opportunity to look at some of this stuff. Yeah, you get different perspectives. Yeah, instead of a group that's just kind of locked into that. That's I don't think that's that's good. But but I think it is good to have people that are involved in the community that do see internally some of the things that are going on. I mean, they have a right to see that, and there's nothing. you know, if you're doing things the right way, there's nothing to cover up there. So, 
but I, I'd rotate the people through so everybody has an opportunity to do that. As long as they're you know they're registered to vote, you have to have a you know a good citizen sitting on the board that type. Yeah, somebody who's not sitting in jail. Yes, get a uh, yeah. weekend pass to come talk Correct. to you. Mm-hmm. But if that person has been released from prison after serving the full sentence and want to contribute to society, we have an obligation to listen to those people too. I feel very strongly that we spend a little too much time punishing people after they've served yeah, their time. I, I agree. So I'll just add that. Yeah, yeah if they get their yeah. act together later, they yeah, could be a part, part of the community, right? There's nothing wrong with that. People live and learn. Does the county have a youth program? No, not that I'm aware of. Are you going to start one? So the only thing that they've had in the past is with our SRO groups. that We, we did do a couple things there, and it kind of got pushed back because I did run the SRO unit. What I'd like to do— And tell them SRO is— Oh, School Resource Officer Program. So so I ran I ran it for um, about seven or eight years as a sergeant. It's a, it a great program. Okay, that's different a youth program like the explorers well we we had we had what, what i was getting at with that is we did attempt to have some kids involved with some stuff through the sro but it kind of it kind of went out the door um what i would like to do is get kids involved in in some different things activities sporting events like martial arts and stuff like that that develop confidence um Okay. That, that, that's a big background of mine. I've got a skill set in that, and we have a lot of people in the department that do that are involved in that sort of thing. So we did, did different areas, but you know, I, and I'm open to suggestions also because I think in taking care of our youth are really important. Obviously, do you have a citizens academy? Um, no, no. I think you should start one. Okay. I will take that into consideration, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good suggestion. Well, yeah, you get so, people, and especially I've, I've gone through the Border Patrol okay. Citizens Academy, and I wish all these people who complain, I almost said bitch and moan, who complain would go to that academy to see what these guys go through. We, we do have, there, there is an SAV program, which is an awesome program. It's for about 400 and volunteers. what is SAV? So, so it's, um, it's uh, the acronym is just for, it's for a volunteer. Okay. So Sher- Sheriff's Auxiliary Volunteer is basically what it is. So they're assigned, but they don't do as much as the CSO for the, for the city because they get their, their paid position, but they go out and they help out with certain things. They'll do checks on people's houses when they're out of town and so forth, but their eyes and ears. And one of the things that I do want to, what's important is they, um, some of the internal county parks is we, um, we want to get them involved more with those so we can get the search and rescue from checking there and get back out. Is it my turn to say time? Yeah, it's your turn to say time. Time, Bill. Time. Okay. okay. I want to remind everybody next weekend, the 5th of August, we're going to be doing a double feature air-conditioned facility at the Burger Theater. We'll have Q&A afterwards, and everybody should be there. All parents should be there. Age-appropriate students should be there. It's important. You want to keep your kids safe, and this will help you do that. And until next week, I want everybody to shop local, stay safe. Don't forget to turn in your ballots. Vote. Vote, Vote. Tucson. Vote, vote, vote.
this is Sherry asking you to save the dates. On August 5th, Law Matters is hosting a free double feature movie presentation on topics that affect all youth in today's digital world. Bullying, sextortion, and how your children are being sex trafficked right out of your home. Every teacher, parent, and age-appropriate student should attend. After each movie, there will be a Q&A panel made up of law enforcement and prosecutors to answer your questions. Tune in to Law Matters every Saturday morning at 8, and updates will be posted on the lawmatters1030.org website as details develop. 